Matthew chapter 5 this morning. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And this morning, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for the old, old story. I thank you for your word, dear God. I thank you that you have, by your spirit, made us able ministers of the New Testament. Uh, Father, without that, I would have nothing to say, nor any of us, uh, to your people. And Lord, I look to you for the filling of your spirit, uh, dear God, to help me to, to preach and teach and relay uh, that which we have from your word today. I pray you'd help us to learn and apply it and to grow. And, uh, Father, I thank you for the, uh, the good uh, Sunday school lessons this morning with the children, the adults, and your word that has gone forth, dear God. I'm thankful for each one here. I'm thankful for those that are here with us live streaming. And, and God, uh, I just pray for, just for grace now and wisdom and guidance father to help me just to relay what you have for your church for your for your flock this morning and and god might we value uh the blessing of your spirit purchased for us by the blood of jesus christ and his resurrection sent to live in the hearts of every believer and i thank you for that god and, and now uh you have a task for us to be peacemakers dear god as we look for your sudden return and Father, help us in this, we pray. And Lord, we ask uh, for your filling of those in the nursery as well this morning. Help them uh, watching the children. I thank you for every way in which your people labor uh, to, to make the works of this ministry go forward. There are many hands and many hearts, uh, Father, involved in these things. And I, and I thank you and I praise you for that. Lord, we look to you now. Uh, might we just be helped might you be glorified might Jesus be lifted up Father we pray and we ask it in Jesus name and for his glory Amen Amen you may be seated <clears throat> I don't have an outline for you this morning um, I may not have one uh, for this point uh, we're going to look at this uh, thing of being peacemakers we're going to learn uh what is God talking about when he talks about being peacemakers? And uh, we'll, uh, we'll learn uh, uh, some manners in which we can do that. And we'll learn uh, what, what God is talking about when he defines that. And uh, probably this week and next week at least, we'll look, be looking at this, uh, at this particular uh, one of the Beatitudes. But blessed are the peacemakers... Uh, for they shall be called the children of God. Uh, that word, uh, peace, peacemakers, is 
Arenop Oyas, and uh, it has it's peacemaker, it's, uh, peace loving. It has the idea of uh, it's a combination uh, from uh, from Arene, which means peace. Uh, it means rest, quietness, a state of natural tranquility, exempt from rage and uh, havoc of war, uh, peace between individuals, harmony, uh, concord. And it's combined with the word poieo, meaning to make, or to bring forth, or to commit, or to cause, or to work, or to show, or to bear, or to fulfill, uh, uh, to cause, uh, uh, to be the author of, uh, to construct. Putting these words together, it's very clear what God is telling us uh, from this passage here. Uh, we uh, are to be... Uh, spreaders of peace we are to be making peace in the world in a sense as God works through us and uh, it's a ministry we are to be involved in the ministry of peacemaking uh, while we live upon this earth now I know that there is a millennial uh, application here uh, in the millennium uh, you'll find that in Revelation chapter 20 all of God's people will reign with Jesus Christ. He will be reigning upon the earth for a thousand years. And uh, we will be peacemakers then as well. Uh, peace will be demanded on the earth at that time. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus Christ will rule with a rod of iron during that thousand years. Uh, so uh, nations will obey or they will be punished. And uh, believers at that time will, uh, of the church age, will be in their new bodies, and we will be reigning with Christ, being, in a sense, peacemakers, making sure that his peace is carried out upon the earth. And uh, nations, for the, for the greater part of that millennium, will obey God, whether they like it or not. And when they disobey, they'll be punished by drought, uh, disease, whatever it might be. Uh, God will, will bring that punishment upon them. At the end of that thousand years, he'll let the devil loose a little while, and, and, and the nations will gather again uh, and try to, to, to conquer the Lord, and they will be, of course, utterly, uh, utterly defeated. But peacemaker, so it has that application, a limited application, but it also has the idea, I believe, that we can apply now. We have been given peace, we, uh, uh, and, uh, and we are to be uh, peacemakers, um, involved in the ministry of making peace. Now, the real question is, what is Jesus talking about here when he says, blessed are the, the peacemakers? Well, it's obviously, it's obviously not the shallow conception of what the world may define as peace. <laughs> well, take away all my problems. You know, take away all my sicknesses. Uh, give me the job that I want, the house that I want, the husband I want, the wife that I want, the vacation that I want, and I'll be at peace. You know, uh, that's the way the, that the, that the prosperity preachers use it today. You know, uh, 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 you know the name it and claim it group. You know, name it and claim it, nab it and grab it. You know? And, uh, and uh, uh, those people that you know, you know, God's just here to make you happy. And uh, you know, and uh, and he'll and if you if you if you go through the jump through the right hoops, he'll he'll give you whatever you want. You know, and uh, well, that's not the peace that God's talking about here. And by the way, I, that's that's what the world kind of assumes, though, when they hear peace. Well, peace is when is when I get what I want, because then I'll feel peace. Well, that's not what that's not that's not what uh, that's not what God's talking about here. And we know that by the obvious declarations of Scripture, and we'll look at a few of them. 
peace is uh, the, that Jesus is talking about. It's not the absence of strife. Uh, it's not. It's not uh, that we get all that we want. It's not you know that we're always healed of our sickness. It's not that 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 that, uh, that we're we're freed from all troubles. No, it's it's not that at all. Uh, we are to be peacemakers, but it's not it's not that kind of peace. And we and we see that. Uh, when Jesus was sending out his disciples, as a matter of fact, the 12, uh, when he sent them out, uh, in Mark chapter 10 and verse 34, he gave them some, some commands. Uh, and uh, along with those commissions he gave them, sending them out, he said this to them in, Ma in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And the man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Now that's, a, that's the truth. Uh, that, that, that's some teaching. Uh, so now what Jesus was addressing there is, see, the world may have thought, well, you see, he's going to go, and, and, and everybody's going to get along, and you're going to sing Kumbaya, and all the wars are going to end. And Jesus says, no. Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth, I'm not come to send that kind of peace on the earth. I believe he did come to bring peace on the earth. When the angels came and made that announcement, peace on earth, goodwill to men, I think that was true. He did bring, bring, bring peace to the earth. And he does want us to be ministers of peace, knowing it and ministering it out to others. But it's not the kind of peace the world thinks. No, it's far different. By the way, it's far better. It's far different. It's far better. Uh, further declarations that show it's not that kind of shallow peace. Remember when you sent, or when the apostles went out and did their uh, uh, preaching and teaching, and Paul did his church planning. What did they say uh, uh, in uh, when they were hunting down some of uh, Paul's uh, companions to persecute them? They found them not in, in Acts chapter 17 and verse 6. They were looking for, I think, actually Paul at that time. They found them not. They drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. It didn't sound like they created too much peace in the world there when they went out. They turned the world upside down where they went. Uh, we read about, in, in uh, matter of fact, uh, as, we, as we've read these Beatitudes, and we stopped at, uh, at, verse, uh, at verse 9 there, what's the next verse say? Blessed are they that are, what's it say? Persecuted. Persecuted. Well, <laughs> there goes that peace idea. You see, that's not what Jesus is talking about. That's not the kind of peace he's talking about. Uh, and uh, that kind of peace will come. There'll be peace on earth when he's reigning in the millennium. We're reigning with him. Uh, but that peace that Christ wants to spread and establish is first and foremost, it is peace with God. It is peace with God. Uh, and that begins, of course, in our, in our hearts. Now, uh, be clear, God is not talking about, in a sense, the peace that we experience within here. We are commanded to be ministering peace out to others. But know also 
that that peace that we have with God is foundational. Uh, if we're going to be uh, spreaders of peace, if we're going to minister in peace, we must know peace. And uh, we must know the Lord, obviously. Since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, mankind has been at war with God. There's a war going on in our, in our, in our hearts in the human nature. And we know that the enemy of peace is one word, sin. Some people thought it was going to be the devil. No, it's sin. See, the fact is, the devil didn't make Eve sin. The devil didn't make Adam sin. Adam and Eve chose to sin all on their own. And that sin, what? That broke that peace and fellowship that mankind, or the representatives of mankind, had with God before that. God came to meet with them. He walked in the garden in the cool of the day. Remember that? Apparently he was doing that before. But after the sin, what was happened? Adam and Eve were hiding, weren't they? They lost their what? Their peace, didn't they? They lost their peace because of their what? Their sin, amen? Satan didn't take it away. They surrendered it, amen? That's what they did. That's what we do as human beings. Uh, uh, we are at war with God. Adam and Eve weren't forced into that. Uh, and we see that today. Uh, that we see that uh, since then we have been born with a heart that would rather sin than follow God. In our human nature, uh, uh, the, we, we would rather sin. We would rather be the God of our own life. We'd rather decide. We would rather decide what is right or wrong than to be told uh, by God than to submit, you know, to the truth of the Word of God. In our wayward resistance against God, uh, we have now come to the place where we deny the existence of truth altogether. We're seeing that, aren't we, around us today? We have labeled truth as what? Subjective, haven't we? Uh, and now we can each decide for ourselves what's right and wrong. And now we can each decide uh, what, for ourselves what's moral or immoral. Now we can each decide for ourselves if things moral or immoral even really exist. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And uh, listen, and the war rages on. The war rages on in the hearts of human beings. And uh, folks, that is the peace that Jesus came to address. That's the war that Jesus came to fight and to win that battle in every heart, amen, that we might what? Be reconciled unto God. That's that peace uh, uh, that we must minister uh, to others, uh, others, uh, others as well. Uh, uh, before we were saved, we were, we were enemies with God. And uh, Jesus came to, uh, to save us, uh, to, to, to show us the lies that we believe, to show us that our thoughts are wrong. In, 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 when Jesus testified before Pilate, Pilate said, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. I came to tell you the truth, Jesus said. What's the world saying now? Oh, truth is relevant. It's, it's, it's subjective. Jesus says, no, I came to tell you the truth. Do you remember what Pilate's answer was? What is truth? The same as, that's what the world's saying today. What is that? Who are you to say that there is absolute truth? Well, I thank God we have absolute truth in the Bible, in the word of God. 
Jesus came to bear witness of that is preserved for us. Before that, we were doing our own thing, by our own desire, by the way. And our own thing wasn't God's thing, amen? We wanted to do our will and have things our way. And so the Bible calls us enemies of God, Romans 5.10. When Paul says, when, when we were enemies, uh, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we will be saved by his life. So Paul refers to the time before he was saved, and all these believers, he says, that we were enemies of God, and we had to be reconciled. Uh, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, John 3.36 and he that believeth not the Son, what? Shall not see life, but the wrath of God, listen, abideth on him. Abideth on him. That's where the lost person is. Uh, the Chris uh, taught a while back about the rapture, about it's a sudden appearing. Did you know that the lost person has a sudden condemnation hanging over his head? The moment they die, the only thing that keeps the lost person out away from eternal suffering is, an, is their next heartbeat. And when that ends, they will, without Jesus Christ, they will step into eternal suffering. That's an amazing thing. That's an, there's no peace there. There can be no peace there. You see, we uh, are born with a sinful nature, and, uh, and, and without Jesus Christ, we are not ready to meet our Creator. We're not ready to meet Him. Uh, in Acts chapter 17 and verse 31 he God at a point of the day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man that's Jesus Christ whom he hath ordained whereof he hath given assurance unto all men and that he hath raised him from the dead listen God is there is a war going on it's war against God in the hearts of people in the hearts of human beings and God has appointed a judge to judge the world and that judge has been revealed in that God has raised him from the dead. Who is that judge? It's Jesus Christ, his son. He's going to judge the world. And my friend, you can't have peace knowing that you're going to face the judgment uh, of, of, of God through Jesus Christ and, and, you are, and your sins are not forgiven. You can be no peace. There can be no peace. But thank God, yes, he appointed a judge. It's Jesus Christ, his son. <laughs> But before that time comes, he sent his son first to be our savior. Amen. He sent his son to get us ready for that judgment. John 3.17 For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Oh, he will. He will. But not then. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. But what? But that the world through him might be saved. See, Jesus is saying, I'm going to condemn the world one day. But I don't want to condemn any of you. I'm going to come and take your condemnation on me. I'm going to become the Savior of the world. And I'm going to return back to my Father. And then I'll come back and one day be the judge. See, he sent his Son first to be our Savior. You say, well, who is this Son of God? What did He do? Well, what did He do? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed, Isaiah 53, 5. That's what He did. You say, well, who is He? This Son of God preacher. 
Isaiah 53.5, or Isaiah, I'm sorry, Isaiah 9.6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Who is that son? And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ, God's Son, is God in the flesh. He, became, he will be the judge of the world, and he became the Savior of all men. What a God. What a God. What a God. Yes, He will save and He also will condemn. See, it is Jesus who said unto them on the left hand, Matthew 25, 41, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. God didn't make hell for people. They're the lake of fire. He made it for the devil and his angels. If you go there, it's because you chose it. If you go there, it's because you rejected the light that God brought into your life. You made that choice. Don't, don't make that choice. Choose Jesus. Everybody young, we heard started by a young man, Levi, who made that choice yesterday. Amen. And those that are folks watching us streaming, I beg you. Make the choice to, to receive Jesus as your Savior. Heaven is a beautiful and wonderful place, but hell is just as real, folks. Hell is just as real. And nobody has to go there because of what Jesus did. In this war of the soul that Jesus has come to resolve and make peace between us and God, he came to be our Savior, to reconcile us to God that we might not have to face him as our judge. Uh, now when you think about that peace peacemakers quite a different thought than the world might have come up with huh <laughs> quite a different thought than you first think about well you came to make peace wow there's a whole lot there it certainly has nothing to do with the shallow peace the world might think of uh, this peace is clearly teaching that believers are to be involved in the ministry in the ministry of <clears throat> helping others to be at peace with God. That's getting the gospel out. That they can receive Christ and be saved. And at peace with one another. And to know the peace of God within themselves. Ministering in that way that others can know that. Is what God will have for us to do. <clears throat> while we're here. There's a peace in the, in the redemption that assures and rejoices the heart. There can't be any true lasting peace uh, without receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior. Uh, without getting your sins taken care of. What does Isaiah 48, 22? There is no peace, saith the Lord, what? Unto the wicked. You see, God wants to deal with our sins. He wants us to deal with our sins. He dealt with our sins for us if we'll receive it by faith. Amen. Or trust Jesus Christ to be our Savior. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Th listen, God is the great peacemaker, amen. <laughs> there never was a greater, a greater peace treaty designed than what God did for you and I through Jesus Christ. And he offers peace before he comes to judge. And by the way, he's done it all through Christ. He provided all the works. The works were finished before the foundation of the world. We don't add to that, okay? Jesus finished the work. It's received wholly by faith uh, alone. And uh, we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. 
and we get that peace, uh, we get that forgiveness, that deliverance from hell and such. You know, we've seen that, the bumper sticker, no Jesus, K-N-O-W, no peace, K-N-O-W. No Jesus, N-O, no peace, N-O. And that's true. There can't be any peace apart from the Prince of Peace. And God wants us to be peacemakers. The world knows nothing about the peace we're talking about here. So Jesus didn't want them to be surprised in case uh, things didn't happen, in case they had a shallow thought about what, about what their going out might do. Uh, well, you'll just watch, you know, uh, you'll, you, you know the, the land will be you know, burnt and dried behind you. And as you go through, it'll become green and flowery. You're just, it's just going to become so peaceful. Some people believe that the preaching of the gospel is going to bring in the millennium upon the earth. Uh, and when the earth gets all nice and sweet and, uh, and unified, then Jesus will come back. The Bible doesn't teach that okay Jesus said when he returned he wanted it to be faith on the earth will the true faith even remain will it still be there he, re, he, he compared the faith to a, a mustard, mustard plant that grows uh, the, 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 and, the and the fowls of the air come and lodge their nests in it by the way that's not a good thing when, fowl, when fowls lodge in something it's messy and there's a whole lot of preaching going on under the name of Jesus Christ today that is messy, amen? That is a mess. And it's not true. And that's what happened, unfortunately, to the church today. It's, it's infiltrated the church. So Jesus wondered if, if, the, if the faith, uh, the body of the faith would even remain. Well, it'll remain because he's preserved it. But, there would be, but will, will, be, will there be those faithful to it uh, and preaching it? So we think about that. And we'll learn about some, uh, some uh, things that go along with this peace, this ministry of peace that we have. There are multiple graces and virtues that kind of work together in our lives to bring us peace, to enable us to be peacemakers. Uh, and they're prevalent in the very beginning of our salvation, in the peace which God, uh, that we have, we receive from God when we get saved. Uh, we all are familiar with Romans chapter 5. And, uh, and verse uh, 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that word justifies is, is uh, dikaio, and it means this. Uh, to render righteous. To justify, to be freed, to be a righteous, a justifier. To render righteous or such as one ought to be. To declare, pronounce one to be just, righteous, or such as he ought to be. So with the definition of that word, what are some things that we see at the very beginning of our salvation there, which Romans 5.1 is talking about our salvation. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what are some things that will go along with peace as we'll look at it next week as well and, uh, in, our, in this ministry of peace? Well, you'll never find peace separate from righteousness. You'll never find peace separated from righteousness. Uh, they go together. 
Now, thank God, God made salvation attainable to all by making the righteousness required for salvation an imputed righteousness. See, we don't have to accomplish righteous acts and deeds. Jesus did all those for us. And so peace is attainable, though it requires righteousness, because thank God, He will impute righteousness to us if we just believe that He sent His Son to die on the cross for our sin and to rise again and to save us from the hell that we deserve. And that that was enough, all that He did. He truly is and was the Son of God. He truly is divine. He truly is one with God. He truly did die and rise again, and those who call upon His name shall be saved. Trusting only in him. So we have righteousness. It will always be associated with peace. What else, what else do we see in Romans 5.1? Uh, uh, we're justified by faith. What was that faith in? In the word of God. See, we were justified by faith because we what? Believe the promise of God. So the promise of God will be involved as well in this ministry of peace. Faith will be involved in this ministry of peace. Righteousness will be involved in this ministry of peace. What else will be involved? It's what? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. He'll, he'll be involved in His glory. Obviously, it's always all through Him. All these things are going to be involved as we look in, speci in some specific ways next week how we minister as peacemakers, even in this life. Uh, and, uh, and, and we'll see that. Peace and righteousness are inseparable. Uh, Psalm 85.10 Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Uh, they're in love, folks. You don't separate them. You don't separate them. Uh, Isaiah 32, 17. And this is ac actually a, uh, a millennial uh, verse here in, in context. And the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Uh, See, what we'll be working in the millennium, our work will, will be works of righteousness. We will be upholding uh, the commands of the Lord in our, in our, in our uh, immortal bodies, and, uh, and, and the, work, the, the work of righteousness shall be peace. Uh, we will, the, there will be peace on the earth through that work. But I'm, I'm glad that though the work of righteousness now doesn't guarantee peace in the way the world sees it, but it guarantees what? Peace in our hearts, doesn't it? And by the way, a peace that the world never gave. A peace that cannot take away, we sing. Amen. And thank God for that. You can't put a price on that. Uh, righteousness, because of that imputed righteousness. But we also know that Ephesians 4 says, We are not to grieve the Holy Spirit, whereby we are sealed on the day of redemption. Get a little bit into next week here, but you can't be at peace when you're grieved. So we need to follow the Lord and listen to Him. Uh, righteousness is involved, and, and peace. Righteousness and peace. Listen, listen to how important they are that they, they be together. Uh, we all, already saw in, uh, in Romans 5 1, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, listen to Romans 5 8. But God commanded His love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Christ took our sins upon him in his body on the tree. He, he bare our judgment and such. And thank God for that. <clears throat> but what else did he do? 
when you trusted him. We just read, he justified us. He didn't just take your sins away. Your slate's clean. Aren't you glad all your sins are gone? Hey, if he hadn't done step number two, it wouldn't make any difference. What did he do? He justified us. And by the way, this is what the Bible says about that. Romans 5, 8. God commended his love toward us in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Took those sins away. But look what verse 9 says. What's the, next, what's the first three words? Much more than. <laughs> Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Isn't a greater promise in the Bible than the promise of eternal security? God, because not, not only did he take our sins away, he counted us righteous in our standing. And God said, I'll never take that away. Because I didn't justify you before what you did. I justified you because you believed in my son and what he did for you. And nobody can ever take that away. And the Bible says that's a much more than. If we'd had our sins forgiven and not had that, what difference would it make? Amen. But God did that. God did that. He justified us. And so that we have so we can claim verses like John 5. Remember the promises are going to be involved. We can claim verses like John 5, 24. Very very I say unto you, he that heareth my word, believe on him that sameth everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but what? But is passed from death unto life. I love that. <laughs> passed over the line. I was condemned forever, now I am forever not condemned. Amen. And, uh, and, and that's true for every believer. That's true for every believer. <clears throat> we are to minister the peace of Christ. John 14, 27. My peace I, I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So God, so our Lord give, gives us this peace. And, uh, and what is it? What is this peace? Uh, well, it's, uh, part of the definition is it's the Messiah's peace. It's the way that he leads to peace in salvation. Concerning Christianity, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly, earthly lot of whatever sort that is. That's a peace uh, the, world, the world can't take away the world can't take away. See, peace is really all about righteousness. Uh, and uh, that imputed righteousness that can't be taken away, and so it gives a peace that can't be taken away. I believe, it's, this is where I, I remember as a, uh, growing up as a, uh, as, as a young man and become a teen teenager, I believed in hell. Matter of fact, when, uh, when a girl came up on, was out passing tracks on the, on the street and, and I was coming back from work and walking on the sidewalk, she handed me a track and said, see, and she said to me, I was lost as lost can be. She said, let me ask you something. If you were to die today, are you 100% sure you'd be in heaven? And I looked her in the eye and I said, I, I can tell you this. If I were to die today, I'm 100% sure where I'd be, but it wouldn't be heaven. She gave me a track. And I went to that church. And I heard the gospel and got saved. I learned that salvation was a free gift. That I could be justified because of what Jesus did for me. And that made all the difference. And you know what? I've never thirsted for salvation again. 
Remember what Jesus told that woman at the well? He that drinketh the water that I shall give shall never thirst. When you get born again and you're saved, you know there's no other answer. Only that, only that, that imputed righteousness quenches that thirst. I'm saved because Jesus loved me and Jesus died for me and Jesus rose again. And that's the only reason. And that's the always reason. That's the forever reason. Amen. And I've never thirsted for any salvation. There is no other salvation. Oh, now granted, I, I, I have thirsted and still thirst to be closer to the Lord. I have thirsted and still thirst for more of His righteousness in my life as far as practical living. But I've never thirsted for salvation again. I've never been sorry. Well, I wish I hadn't trusted Jesus that day. It never happened. Uh, salvation, we don't repent of salvation. Uh, when no one was ever sorry they got saved. Uh, <clears throat> but righteousness is, all is always involved there. Uh, being right with God. Uh, the peace we are to, to possess and propagate is all about righteousness. Uh, and uh, we think about that in Acts 24, 16. I'll close here. Uh, Paul uh, uh, wrote, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense. Now, do you think an offended conscience... Does that sound peace, peaceful? No. If your conscience is, if you know you've wronged somebody, be it what, God or man, you, you're, you're not going to have peace. Paul says, I exercise myself uh, always to have a, uh, a conscience void of offense toward God and toward man. What's that mean? Righteousness. You have peace when you're right with God and when you're right with man that's righteousness when we are doing what we ought we're yielded to God and doing what we ought to in the will of God and, we're, and we are yielded to God and doing what we ought to in this ministry of peacemaking to others which we'll get into even more next week when we're involved in those things when both of those things are right we have that peace that peace that God wants us to have and, uh, and thank God uh, and thank God, uh, th thank God for that. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And Father, I thank you for the peace you've given us in Jesus Christ. And, and Lord, it's a standing at salvation. It came by way of your word. It came by way of faith. It came by way of promise. It came by way of Jesus Christ came by way of your spirit all of those things God and through that we were born again if we've trusted you as Savior and now uh, you have enabled us you didn't bless us just to be blessed but that we might be a blessing even as you said to Abraham the father of the faith and Lord uh, you intend for us to being blessed with salvation to now be a blessing by by being peacemakers to be about this ministry of sharing the very things that were shared to us to give us peace carrying a message that the world necessarily doesn't always want to hear but we know that they don't even know the peace that they need they don't understand they have no idea where they're headed apart from you. And I pray, 
Lord, that we would, you would help, help us and make us faithful peacemakers. But God, it won't bring the kind of worldly peace around us that the world's looking for, probably the contrary. But that doesn't retract us from the responsibility of answering the call, of being the peacemakers in regards to this peace that the world can't see without your word, can't see without being ministered unto them. We'll never know it unless, you're, unless we as your people are peacemakers. And I pray that you would help us in that and help us to thank you and praise you, give, give you the glory. We thank you for Jesus Christ, your son. We worship him as thee. And Father, uh, we, we just pray that uh, you'd be, you be you're pleased with our services this morning, worshiping in spirit and in truth. Father, help us and make us lights in this community and around the world through our missionaries you want us to be. Lord, we pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.